0: For coming back and joining me tonight on Next on the t on a beautiful night here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and tonight I've got three outstanding guests that I'm looking forward to sharing with you over the next hour or so. First up with me, I'm going to be joined by a guy who I bet if we tried real hard, we'd find out that we're related, and that's one of the top instructors up in the Northeast, John Mascari. I would bet that. When my grandfather, my great-grandfather came over to this country and they arrived at Ellis Island, someone put an O on our last name, and when John's family arrived, they put an I at the end of his last name, and away both families went. And years later, here we are you know, together, and I bet you we'd find out we were probably long-lost cousins. John is a top 50 master teacher for U.S. Kids Golf. He is also the head golf professional at Alpine Country Club up in Alpine, New Jersey. He's been a part of and played at. Some of the most historic venues up in that part of the country, so I'm really looking forward to getting you know the opportunity to spend some time with my long lost cousin here in just a few minutes. Following John, I'm going to be joined by Wayne Player, Gary's son, Wayne. And Wayne is a, a good golfer in his own right, folks. Played in three majors, two two uh, Open Championships, one U.S. Open. He also competed in three U.S. Amateur Championships and a British Amateur as well. He and his father became the first father and son. Combo to play in the same major championship at the same time, and they did that twice. He has uh, started his own amateur tour, if you will. It's called the Player Tour, which we'll discuss in detail a little bit later on in this half hour when Wayne joins me. Then I'm going to round out tonight's show by playing an interview that uh, I did yesterday with Jeff Morey. Jeff is the director of golf up at uh, Conway Farms Golf Club up in Lake Forest, Illinois. Conway Farms was the site of last year's BMW Championship. Prior to joining Conway Farms, Jeff was, Jeff was the uh, golf coach at Northwestern. We'll talk about his time there, plus, uh, you know, what it's like to host an event like the BMW Championship, which was a part of the FedEx Cup playoffs last year. They've also hosted some of the other top amateur events in the country. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when he joins me a little bit later on in this hour. So folks, more great stories coming your way tonight on this edition of next on the T. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me here tonight. And as you know, folks, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from Steve Rondonero about the great things that they have going on up there.
1: When planning your next golf buddy trip, consider something completely different for 2018 at French Lick Resort. The Eagles, Birdies, and Pigeons Package. That's right, pigeons. Take your best shot with a day at our Pete Dye course, a day at our Donald Ross course, then top it off with an outing at our new Sporting Clay Shooting Range. This package is reserved for groups of 12 or more. Just you and a pal craving a world-class golf getaway? Well, our Hall of Fame package can't be beat for a pure golf experience and value. Pete Dye, Donald Ross, and our two historic hotels make a legendary combination. French Lick Resort can also help you bring your game to the next level. Check out our Early Birdies Tune-Up, our Game Changer, and Rapid Recovery Golf Academies. Start making those 2018 plans now with an online visit to FrenchLick.com. French Lick Resort, home of the 2018 Senior LPGA Championship and the Symmetra Tour Donald Ross Classic.
0: Be sure to check them out online, folks, at FrenchLick.com. See for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay as well. And folks, you've heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last few months. It is the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out on the market. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub's going to tell you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have club hub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the top of your grips. And I can tell you, folks, since I put the club hub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned in the 40 years I've been playing the game. Not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and to the green, but, you know, after your round, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available for Android or iPhones. The app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, angle of attack, plus a 3D view of your swing as well. And again, no other rangefinder can do all of that for you. Go over to ClubhubGolf.com to order your set of Clubhub sensors today and under the coupon code next. That's N-E-X-T to get 10% off all products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. We are also excited to be partnering with the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. They are back with the same great equipment that you know and love without the retail markup that you hate. You can now buy premium Ben Hogan irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, and bags directly from the factory at prices your wallet's going to appreciate. Visit them online at benhogangolf.com or give them a call at 844-53-HOGAN. That's 844-534-6426 to learn more and order your set today. Please also check out our friends over at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. Their early spring collection has arrived, The Shift in Seasons is an opportunity to change things up layer upon layer. They've added some great new details, fresh colors, new additions with genuine, enduring character. See the early spring collection by going online to bobbyjones.com. And folks, as you know, we have been partnering with Russ Holden and the folks over at Caddy for a Cure for a while now. And one of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is available to you through Caddy for a Cure. Spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. It's a fantastic way to have the time of your life while uh, supporting our wounded service members and Fanconi Anemia. You're going to get to walk side-by-side with your tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. In addition to the amazing experience you're going to have, you're going to get a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour logoed apparel and an eyewear package as well, a tour-grade caddy bib suitable for autographs and framing, a tin cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs of your day. Go online to caddyforacure.com, that's C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, caddyforacure.com, to learn more. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is John Mascari. Let me give you some background on John. He attended Ryder University up in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, back in the mid to late 90s, and graduated with his bachelor's degree in political science and government. From 2000 to 2012, John worked at some of the best golf courses around the New Jersey, New York area, including roles as a first assistant club professional or a head club uh, head golf professional at courses like Glenridge Country Club, Manhattan Woods Golf Club, the Colts Neck Golf Club, Hamilton Farm Golf Club, Canoe Brook Country Club, and Preakness Hills Country Club as well. He is now the head golf professional at Alpine Country Club up in Alpine, New Jersey. John is also a member of Callaway's Master Staff. He's been named a top 50 master teacher by U.S. Kids Golf, and like I said at the top of the show, I bet if we tried real hard, we'd figure out that we are long-lost cousins. And I am thrilled that he is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, cousin, how are you?
2: Hey, cousin, how you doing? I know now. I know who to call if I need some
0: money. I guess. <laughs> 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 Good call out of you, my friend. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it certainly is a pleasure having you as part of the show, John. And and uh, I, I can't tell you, you know, with the anticipation of of having you on the show, and and you know, obviously the the familiarity between our two last names, it's it does sort of make you wonder. At, at some point at Ellis Island, I'm sure some member of my family, some member of you know your family or our family got together. They got there. Someone put a, a different vowel on the end of the names and sent, sent us on, on their way. And, and uh, now getting the opportunity to have you here, so uh, it's, uh, it's certainly been exciting uh, thinking about you coming on the show. And I appreciate I sure your time today, my friend.
2: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for your hospitality, Hope having me on, Chris. I'm uh, looking forward to tonight's discussions. So,
0: John, you've done some very cool things in the game of golf. Let's go back to the beginning. When did you first start playing? Uh,
2: let's see. I started playing. I was about 13 years old. Um, I, you know, I couldn't get enough baseball as a kid growing up, but my dad was a decent golfer. So he would, he would be practicing on the next baseball field over, hitting balls into the backstop from center field. And I kind of got bugged just by watching him and you know, eventually started playing golf in high school. We had a real good high school team in New York and uh, eventually gave up baseball for this great game we love and golf and started playing golf in and made a career out of it. Played played college golf at Rider University, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. So I'm truly blessed, and it's amazing that you know, one little decision back when you were 13 or 14 could put your career and your life on a certain path, and it's certainly been a great one for me.
0: And, John, you're sharing the game with your son now, and it looks like he's got a fantastic swing. Do you coach him as well?
2: Yeah, I try to coach him just a little bit. You know, uh, Chris, he's um, he's a hockey player now, so I was probably just a little bit too slow for him at this point in his life, especially this time of year. But when the weather breaks, he'll get back out there, hitting it as hard as he can. But, you know, for, for a kid his age, you know, get to a point where I start to do a little bit of instruction with him. But before that, it's just – you know, I don't expect the perfect form in right a way. Just let him hit it as hard as he can. And if we talk about making a change in a swing or trying something a little different, I try to involve him in that and ask him questions about why he thinks this would happen or why the ball would go that way. And, you know, it gives him a little bit of buy enough. I found that that tends to work better with younger students where they feel like they're part of the solution rather than just being told to do this because I said so.
0: And John, like I mentioned in in your intro, you're a top 50 teacher with U.S. kids and you talk about the younger players. When you're teaching junior players, how do you get them excited about the game?
2: Well, the first thing I always try to do is I always prefer a group instruction for kids. Um, You know, growing up playing sports like a team sport, mostly as a young young kid, I always kind of look forward to hanging out with my friends and I feel like kids who learn and laugh and improve or struggle together, they're more likely to come back to the game and, and look forward to coming back the next week. So we try to make it, even though it's an individual sport, we, you know, I always try to make it like
0: a team atmosphere where
2: we're all supporting one another, we're all cheering each other on, and we're all working towards a common goal together.
0: And how do you make it fun for them to come and practice? You know, that's that's never you know something yeah. that I've seen you know with my son is is uh, the practicing piece. Let's go out in the course. Let's play. How do you get them excited about coming in and, and, and hitting balls and practicing all the time? Yeah, well,
2: we try to do variety. You know, I try to keep it different. I don't tell the kids what we're doing until we're right before the clinic. So it's, it could be a clinic day on the range. It could be on the course. where We're dividing up into teams for a little contest. It could be games on the range. It could be just other sports stuff. You know, it could be, Anything that really emphasizes hand-eye coordination, balance, or, or just athletic movements, Chris, is really beneficial to the kids. So you have to keep them on their toes. You have to keep it fresh for them. And, you know, just putting a kid in front of a pile of balls and having them swing away is – it gets pretty boring pretty quickly for those guys, Even even the even the better players. They want to have some fun. They want to mix it up a bit. So we try to keep it – always always changing
0: and john what about the mental side of the game how do you keep them from getting frustrated when they're when they're out there and they're not playing well
2: yeah that's a that's a great question so there, there's always going to be a time in your golfing life and you, as a kid or as an adult that you you just can't seem to find it you know we know that from our own experiences and you have to look at it like the sport that it is where you're, you might just be in a little bit of a slump and that's part of all sports. As you know, if you, if you're staying positive and, and trusting yourself that these kids, can, and they trust that they can work it out, coaches, you know, and the parents always being positive, you know, if if someone hits a, a, a really great shot then you give them a great shot, way to go. But if they, if they don't hit a great shot, maybe you tell them, boy, that was a really great swing. You know, the result might have not been what we wanted, but the swing sure looked really good and, just keeping that positivity, boy, it, it, will, um, it will keep the kids engaged. It'll make them feel good. and it, The last thing you want to do is, is make it hard on the kids. It's a hard enough game as it is, so let's stay positive and, and make sure they're enjoying it, even if they're not playing well.
0: John, I want to switch gears a little bit. and uh, You've sure. posted a lot of fantastic pictures from your time at Preakness Hills, which looks like an amazing golf course. Share a little bit about your time there and what that golf course is like.
2: Yeah. You know, um, for five years, I was the head professional at Freakness Hills. It's uh, a place that will always have a special spot in my heart. Um, a fantastic old gem of a golf horse uh, built in 1926 by Willie Park. Um, terrific, fun golf course to play. You know, it has a, a par five, par three finish, which is always great for match play and the 18th hole, right by the clubhouse, is a par three that goes back to front towards a big uh, pond. So you can imagine all the players rolling the ball off into the off the green into the water, it makes for some great drama. Uh, but you know what? To be honest, Chris, it was a place that um, I was able to really grow as a professional. Um, you know, it was my first head pro job. Um, it was a club that wasn't really on the radar so much in new jersey but you know it was my goal to put it back on the radar and we, we started holding usda events there the membership grew there's actually a wait list to get in right now so um it was a tough choice to leave weakness it was a very tough choice for me and my family but when the opportunity came to um be the head professional alpine i had to uh Make a run for it and uh, craft it. And lucky to say that I am now a head professional there. So, great memories of Preakness Hills. If you're ever in the, the northern New Jersey area and you're uh, can't get a chance to play there, please go ahead and do it. It's a fun, fun golf course.
0: So, John, talk about Alpine Country Club where you're at now. Talk about that golf course and the layout and uh, and what got you so excited to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, so um. You know, Alpine follows a long tradition of, of Tillinghouse golf courses in New Jersey. You know, he, he did both the courses at Baltusrol, he did Somerset Hills, he did Ridgewood, he did Ringfoot, uh, that Page Bethpage, so it's certainly a difficult golf course. You know, many call it his hidden gem of a course. He said it was hardest for him to build because uh, the area of New Jersey that Alpine is in is extremely... Um, hilly and the terrain is mostly bedrock, so they use a lot of dynamite to build Alpine. And and going around the golf course, there's a lot of exposed rock and stuff that just they couldn't move, so they built the golf course around it. Uh, it sits on about 200 acres, built in 1928. Uh, we have a great superintendent, Steve finnimore who uh, I've seen him. I think he was there since 1928, but uh, he knows every blade of grass at the place. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what was the most intriguing thing and the most exciting thing to me was just the focus of the club itself. You know, um, the general manager, Chris Hall, is, is focused and forward thinking. Um, we want to make sure everyone, um, all classifications of the membership, have a good time, whether they're, you know, experienced golfers or new golfers or maybe they social members. It's, it's got a little something for everyone. It's, it's a competitive schedule but then we also have stuff like night golf and we play the course backwards and we have a kid zone in the basement with PlayStation and there's camp Alpine, which is like a summer camp, but for adults, it's there's a whole lot of fun stuff going on. And, and we realize that in in, in this changing industry that we're in, that the clubs that give more activities and, and more reasons for people to come and, and either join the club or use the club or those that are going to be the most successful. So, we are certainly there. We're certainly at the forefront of doing stuff a little outside the box from the normal clubs in our area, and uh, we're certainly very proud of it.
0: And, John, there are, and you mentioned Baltus roll. There are a lot of great courses up your way, and when we were talking yesterday, you talked about the history and what it's like playing at a place like Baltus Roll. What does it feel like when you're on that golf course?
2: <laughs> I think the term I used yesterday is you, you feel very tiny. And you feel like you're um, – I guess the best way I can explain it is like if you walk into a real big cathedral or church where you feel very meek. So when you walk in at Baltimore and you step foot on the grounds there, you feel like you're in the presence of greatness. And you can almost feel the history around you of of North American golf in that that piece of property. So – I always enjoy going there. You know, I, I always make sure I get there about a half hour before I normally would just to walk around the locker room and look at some of the artifacts that they have around the club. And, you know, when I'm out on the golf course, you take special note of the plate on number 18 where Jack, uh, hit his final shot to win the open. And there's all sorts of fun stuff there. And they have, you know, everything from when Phil won just steeped in history and, and, you can get spoiled in New Jersey by the courses we have and, and that's history. But if you take the time to really appreciate it and and look at it and be reminded of where where you are, it's, it's pretty special. You know, for a kid from New York who grew up playing public golf courses and remembering fondly of coaches telling me that you would get relief from the burned out car in the fairway to go and play a place like Baltusrol or Playfield or Ridgewood is, is certainly humbling and special.
0: And John, you also mentioned one of the newer courses up there, Liberty national golf club, which was the site of last year's president's cup matches and, you know, views of of the statue of Liberty and Manhattan right there from the golf course. That looks like
2: yeah, you know, it's, just uh... a
0: tremendous golf course. <laughs> Talk about uh, what it's like playing there.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome, awesome property. Um, I don't think you would really appreciate it until you were there to see
1: where it is.
2: Um, it is in urban New Jersey. There is mass amounts of population around there. It is in, it's in the middle of industry. But you get on the cow forest and you feel like you're almost transported to another land that could be in the middle of the state. But it's just really neat. Um, obviously great views of Manhattan on, on some of the holes by the water the Statue of Liberty is pretty much, it seems like it's tending the flat for you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really cool place to play and fantastic clubhouse. They do a great job there.
0: And, John, you're a Callaway guy with the, with the Epic driver that came out last year and now the Rogue driver this year, which, you know, has been sort of all the rage over the last 12 months. What are your thoughts about their drivers, and are you getting more distance than you used to get?
2: Well, I, I, tell you, I, thought, I thought the Epic driver was the best driver I'd hit in a long time. And I kind of changed drivers like I changed Docs, Chris. But I used that Epic driver. I used the Sub-Zero head, and, and it was awesome for me last year. And I, I picked up about 15 yards off the tee with it. And then, you know, coming into this year, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep the Epic. It's, it's been so good for me. And then I got my hands on the Rogue driver. And, you know, this one, you don't think it could get any better. They go ahead and make this club even better. And what what I felt, you know, I picked up a little more yardage, maybe five or seven yards, but I picked up a ton of forgiveness. You know, maybe a little bit in the heel, a little bit off the toe. see very little difference in distance. And, you know, as you're getting older, it's a little bit easier to hit. And, boy, I think anyone would benefit from using that driver. It's so good. And, you know, the jailbreak technology in the head and and the forgiveness that it has kicks up your ball speed. It's a great driver for a a plus two or a 22. I I feel like they're going to be really successful with that driver this year. The whole line of products, the Rogue Irons are great, Fairway Woods. They did a really good job with it.
0: And and Callaway honored you last year as one of their top professionals out at their home office in, in, in Carlsbad, California. What was that like?
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um I got a call from our um our regional rep that uh I'd been bestowed in honor like that. It's one of the top 30 professionals. So flew me out to California. We had a little uh little ceremony there in their headquarters and got to spend the day at their their research center and kind of get a tour of the the, the ball making facility and the clubs and and you know some of their custom wedges and Boy, got a chance to spend some time on the range at Roger Cleveland just talking about the wedge game and and, and doing some fittings myself. It was just a really cool experience for me, and you almost feel like a tour player for a day, so it's pretty neat to do.
0: Did you get to get out on Tory Pines when you were out there?
2: I sure did, of course, of course.
0: And we played it from the That's tip, gotta too, be a thrill. Which, uh,
2: which was a treat, yep. I was more fascinated by the skydivers, or the, uh, the, the hang gliders, I should say. <laughs> it was pretty amazing watching those guys too you don't see that very much back in new jersey
0: john i saw a picture of you with the uh with the Ryder cup trophy did you go to hazeltine in 2016
2: no i didn't i was uh i was invited to a uh a little event in new york with davis loves uh who is a uh, polo ambassador as i am and you know he brought the cup and we all got a chance to take a picture with it and it was a lot smaller than I would have thought, but it was pretty cool to just to, to see it and, and look at all the, the the names, you know, the, the countries on the side and the winners and the scores. It was a pretty neat little uh, event, but I did not get out to Hazeltine. I would love to have, but I didn't have a chance to. My good friend Chandler is the head crow there at Hazeltine, and I'm always bugging him to try to get out there, but I couldn't make it. Uh, so, John, you,
0: you've done so many Great things, right? You've, you've, been, you've gone on some historic golf courses. You've had some really cool experiences. You know, what are some of your favorite experiences so far in the game?
2: Oh, let's see. I mean, I had a great time. Speaking of Ryder Cup, I, I played golf at Glen Eagles in Scotland a few years back and made some great friends over there and enjoyed golf at Glen Eagles and um, never really having a chance to play golf in Europe or in Scotland or Ireland. That was a, a fantastic trip. Not got to walk around uh, St. Andrews and play Kings Bonds and really appreciate the history of the game that way. Um, that that was a, uh, my, one of my best experiences of, of, uh, of golf. I haven't played Augusta, but I have been there, so that was pretty really neat to do as well. You know, every round of golf has a, a different memory for me. Some Some great, some not so great, but always I can – Think about a round I pretty much played at every golf course and, and
1: think of a fond
2: memory. So I'm blessed to, to have this as a career and to, like I said before, play some amazing golf courses and, and make some great friendships and enjoy this game. We both love so much.
0: John, just a, a couple more before we let you go, but um, talk about what's next. What do you got coming up uh, you know, in in the spring?
1: Well, we got
2: a, a big season here in New Jersey. Um, I serve as the teaching and education chairman for the PGA board in New Jersey, so we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're doing a uh, a great District 2 PGA coaching summit with uh, our colleagues from the Met PGA and the Philadelphia sections. So three sections are getting together for one big event up here at Fiddler's Elbow in New Jersey. They'll have some of the best teachers from each section, so we're looking forward to that. Obviously, our our section has a fantastic uh, calendar of all of our great courses. So looking forward to that as well. And my first year at Alpine, I'm looking, I can't wait to meet all the members and and get excited and get them excited about golf. And, you know, it's it's a great time in my career. Like I said, I'm very blessed and really looking forward to um, this phase of my career and this chapter of my career at Alpine Country Club.
0: So, John, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and, and follow you, whether that's, you know, booking a lesson with you or uh, keeping track of you on social media?
2: Sure. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter, JohnMascariPDA uh, is my Twitter handle. Um, my email is johnm at alpinecc.org. Always welcome to drop me a line. Uh, happy to help in any way I can. And uh, keep, check out our website. I mean, alpinecc.org is a uh, got everything that's going on in our club. If you're if you're looking for a club in the the northern uh, New Jersey, New York City area, we're real close to Manhattan, so a good majority of our members are from the city. And um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, we're going to be pretty busy this year, Chris. It's going to be good. I'm excited.
0: Good for you, John. It's been a blast having you as part of the show tonight, John. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime soon uh i love your stories and, you, and you've got i'm sure many many more because you've done so many cool things in and around the game i'd sure love to catch up with you sometime soon
2: yeah i'd be honored to come back again chris thanks for giving me this opportunity to talk and really a pleasure to get to know you a little bit and we'll have to go back and then see i'm sure we are related somewhere i'm sure there's a an aunt or uncle that uh doesn't know how to spell or mess it up somewhere but uh <laughs> That's to talk to you.
0: <laughs> I appreciate you guys. We'll get back together soon. In between now and then, all the best to you and your family, my friend.
2: Yeah, you as well. Thank you, guys. Take care.
0: You too, John. That is John Mascari. And it, it just the only difference between you know my last name and his is that mine has an O and his has an I. So great stuff. And, you know, all of the great things, you know, and I think one of the things that doesn't get enough attention is the fact that how many great golf courses there are up in the New Jersey area. And, and he's certainly had you know, a, a lot of great experiences. I mean, the idea of, you know, going down there and playing at Baltus Roller over at Liberty National Golf Club and Alpine sounds fantastic. And I'll certainly be checking that out more and more. And then, you know, to think that uh, as a Callaway guy and uh, to be honored as one of their top professionals and to go out to Carlsbad and and see pictures of yourself and the things that uh, that they did while he was out there is you know, a, a, certainly a huge credit to him. And then, again, a top 50 teacher for U.S. kids. So he certainly got a great career and a great future ahead of him and uh, i'm telling you we're cousins somewhere along the line so look forward to catching up again with john again real soon all right before i get to my next guest wayne player i want to give a shout out to a few of our sponsors and first folks you've heard me talking about clubhub sensors over the last several months and it is the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there on the market other shot trackers tell you what happened ClubHub's going to tell you what happened and why Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have club-up sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put the club-up sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing golf. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and to the greens, but after your round is over, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available for Androids or iPhones. The app keeps track of your swing, your swing speed of every club in your bag. your tempo your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. And no other rangefinder can do all that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com to order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all products at checkout again clubhubgolf.com enter the coupon code next and you're going to get the best gps and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price and you're going to see your game in a whole new way i also want to remind you about our friends over at par bar energy and focus on the course are essential whether you're playing you know on tour and your club championship or just your weekend four ball with your buddies par bar the golfer's nutritional bar can help you with both of those again focus and energy eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished you're going to play with more energy and focus to win power bar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best go online to parbargolf.com to order yours today
1: this segment of the show is brought to you by the pga tour superstore See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at pgasuperstore.com. Now, back to you, Chris.
0: And now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Wayne Player. Let me give you some background on Wayne. Not only did he grow up with a golf legend as a father, and yes, Gary Player is Wayne's father, but he also had a very successful golf career of his own. Played in three majors, two Open championships, and one U.S. Open. Played in three U.S. Amateurs and four British Amateur championships. He and Gary are the only father and son combination to have played in the Open and the U.S. Open at the same time. You've likely seen Wayne on Fox Sports and the Golf Channel, where he's been the co-host of the On the Range show, Wayne owns an entertainment and travel company. He has recently created The Player Tour, which you can find online at theplayertour.com, which we'll talk about here shortly, and I'm very excited he is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Good evening, Wayne. Thanks for coming on the show.
3: Hey, Chris. It's great to be with you tonight,
0: mate. How are you? No, I'm fantastic, Wayne. How have you been, my friend?
3: No, man, couldn't, any, couldn't be any better.
0: So, Wayne, I want to start. You know, I'm a, I've got a huge amount of respect for your father. He's been very kind to me over the years. He's joined me the last four years during Masters Week to share his stories and insights on the tournament and and Augusta National as well. Talk about what it was like growing up as Gary Player's son.
3: Well, Chris, obviously, my dad is some somebody, somebody to certainly be proud of all of his accolades and not okay. only the championships that he's won, but the way the way that he, that he is uh, basically taking care of himself. It's all about health and fitness. He's a fine gentleman. He's been a great father, a husband. And what else can I say other than he's been an amazing role model to all of us.
0: And Wayne, no no one has probably traveled more, Myers, perhaps in the history of aviation than your father. Did you get to travel around the world with him when you were growing up?
3: Yeah, we traveled a certain amount early in the years, but... uh, I mean, my dad was gone for six, seven weeks at a time. You know, Chris, growing up in South Africa, my dad was, uh, you know, travel wasn't what it is today. I mean, all these young guys today have their own private jets, and my dad said he didn't have that. And being a long way from home, he would be six, seven weeks on the road, and it was, uh, it was a heart-wrenching experience uh, saying goodbye to my dad when he was gone, because you know he was going to be gone for a long time, and uh, it wasn't easy. And but that my dad was totally committed to what he wanted to do and be the champ. And uh, you know, in my eyes my dad's the greatest ever. I mean you have Jack and Tiger and all the rest, but when you consider what my dad had to go through and the commitment that he had to make and the uh, sacrifices
0: that he made,
3: he's certainly been great, don't you think?
0: Absolutely I do. And Wayne, yeah. let's, let's talk a little bit about your mother, Vivian. Talk about the influence that she had on your life.
3: Well, you know, my mom, obviously, beyond every great man is a great lady. And just like Jack, married Barbara. And, you know, if you look at I always said this, uh, I always said that if there's one thing that will lead to Tiger's demise will be his personal life. And that's exactly what transpired. You know, uh, I cannot tell you what Elon was like or what Tiger did or whatever but the fact of the matter is, is that it's been very disruptive for him and I think that and I think everybody would agree Uh, you know you've got somebody like my mom who was married to my dad and totally committed to my dad in every possible way and my dad was gone for six, seven, eight weeks at a time and and my dad knew that uh, you know my, that all the children were back there and being raised really uh, in an amazing way and you know, it 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 sort of you know it helped him relax and play golf to, to the level that he wanted to play. Uh, and and Jack was the same way. So you know, look, my my mom has been the backbone of our family uh, without a question of a doubt, and to this day uh, she's still there for all of us. And you know what, parents never stop giving you advice. Chris, I'm 55 years old, and my parents still give me advice, and I try and listen to them. And I don't always listen, but you know, it's been a great ride to be um, a son of a legend like Gary Player and my mom, who's been such an incredible person for us all.
0: And Wayne, I read an interview with you that was in Golf Digest a couple of years ago that concluded with you walking off the 18th green at the Lost City Golf Club. And your mom was there and said, you're so dedicated to health and fitness. You should go hit balls for 30 minutes. Was that fitness encouragement? Or is that your mom continuing to see her son who has great potential that might, you know, with a little practice, give it a go on the Champions Tour at some point?
3: Uh, No, well, that's not going to happen. But I I certainly had a a great deal of talent. And unfortunately, um, I've had type, type 1 diabetes for 25 years. And so, you know, when it comes to health and fitness or looking after yourself, I can tell you one thing. I do that every single day. I get up. And I work out hard for an hour each day, whether it's CrossFit or any kind of circuit training, uh, beyond and beyond, you know, obviously above and beyond whatever my dad did, I have my own set of circumstances. And, uh, you know, I have no alternative. And I can tell you this much that most people in this country are living on the edge. And I can tell you if they don't start looking after themselves, they will become diabetics. Everybody's going to be faced with some form of cancer problem. And it's time to get past the thinking stage. You've got to get up and you've got to spend the one hour, which is the most important part of your day, in working out and raising your heartbeat up and, and just doing what that you have to do for yourself. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It, you know, it's, people are thinking about this and they don't. They think every, only bad stuff happens to other people. And that is not the truth. So I can tell you bad things happen to all of us and you have to get past the thinking stage And that's one thing that my dad has always done and still does to this day is he spends at least 30 minutes to an hour every single day on his health and fitness.
0: But expand upon that a little bit, Wayne, for for our listeners out there that might also be type 1 diabetic. Talk about when you found out and how you manage that day to day.
3: Well, I mean, I was 30 years old. I'm 55 today. And so I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. And I think the the quick pro quo is that people just don't understand how the pancreas relates to insulin. You know, they just don't worry about eating a white roll or, you know, what that does. Or they don't worry about eating French fries or, you know, a burger or a milkshake or, you know, sugary drinks. They just keep doing it and because they just have no idea what they're doing themselves. And this is
4: a huge
3: problem that we have in this country is the fact that people just don't care. And, you know, all of the health insurance problems we have today, these absorbent amounts of money that we have to pay each and every month for our health insurance all comes down to people not looking after themselves and the country being responsible for taking care of all these people. So I can tell you that they have to get past the thinking stage. They have to look after themselves and they really have to get into, you know, and and, and educating themselves about what's good for you, what's bad for you, and, and do that. I don't know what else to say. Do you have any other
0: suggestion, Chris? <laughs> no, but I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, between, yeah. you know, uh, exercise and diet, right? I mean, then that's something that I think is synonymous, you know, with the player name is, uh, you know, taking care of yourself, eating right, exercising. I think that's the best defense that you can have for any number of different things.
3: I mean, I mean, Chris, this is what we're doing with, you know, the player amateur And our, you know, mobile app is we creating this fabulous um, opportunity for people to become members of our tour, to have access to our mobile app, and to get great advice as far as health and fitness, you know, healthy alternatives, you know, golf instruction that works. I mean, when I say golf instruction, people need hope. You know, the late Robert Williams once refrained, he said, you know, that's why they call it a stroke, because every time you hit it, you think you're going to die. (laughs) <laughs> and they put shit in the way you know i mean you know it, it was like he was being brutally honest right so i mean i think we're going to have some fabulous you know opportunities for people to educate themselves through our mobile app to to play in golf events scramble events to you know to earn their way into fully paid for events it's, it's going to be fabulous and you know i'm so excited to be part of the player amateur and i think you know we have so many golfers in this country that do not have a handicap or, you know, or at private clubs or not, not, not clubs at all. And they need some help. I mean, golf's expensive and that's why we're going to be here for them right, right through the, the whole deal. I mean, we're going to be here right, right from the very beginning and it's going to be a huge asset for, for people to belong to the player amateur amateur tour.
0: So, give them give more details about that. We talk about what the Player Tour is, and you go on PlayerTour.com as the site. But if if you sign up and you become a part of the Player Tour, what is it exactly? What do I get? What do I have to do?
3: Well, firstly, the, the matter is that you go out and you're playing golf anyhow, and you know you need to keep a legitimate score, and you need to have somebody sign for your score. And once you become a member, you can post those scores on our mobile app, and you create, if you don't have a handicap, you, we can give you a handicap after three or four positive scores. And even if you have a handicap, you can still continue to have a handicap that will provide you. And then you earn basically, you know, order merit points through the year that can qualify for you for fully paid for events, our regionals and into the finals. Regionals are in, in, in Tampa, and then the finals will be in Las Vegas, uh, you know, and it's six days, six nights fully paid for. I mean this is a fantastic opportunity. And we can have all sorts of cool, great scramble events that'll be happening from week to week that people can participate in, basically pay an entry fee, get a player amateur membership along with that, and get a fabulous, you know, incredible pack of goodies. You know, that we provide, you know, we have a new era, incredible new era hats. Uh, we have a great, you know, there's a dozen elixir uh, core balls that they get and all sorts of other goodies. So it's a slam dunk for people. You know, we're here for them. They get all sorts of value added programs, our mobile app, um, all sorts of great instruction and health and benefit tips, etc., so I don't know. I mean, I think it's an absolute stand dunk. I mean, we also have a great relationship with par bar and par water. Uh, and, you know, Jerry Malali and we, I think we have both, we both have basically no Jerry and he's a a great nutritionist and people have to take care of themselves, you know, take a par bar out on the golf course with them and to prepare themselves and have a little bit of a, a you know, protein bar. That's really good for you. You know, every three or four holes, Takes away that hunger that you have. All of a sudden you arrive at the the ninth hole or the tenth hole where there's a halfway house and the next minute you're eating twinkies, ding dongs and amadams. You know? I mean what (laughs) what 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 can I say? You know, that's the truth, right?
1: Yes.
0: And Wayne, if if I understood what I read on on the site correctly, you can play where you want, you can play when you want, you can play, you know, what you know, the courses you want according to your budget. There isn't necessarily a set schedule of events. Talk about how that part of it works.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I'm going out tomorrow, if I'm a member of the player amateur and I go out and play with you tomorrow, Chris, and you score for me and I shoot a 78 and you sign off on that, they go to our mobile app. They take a picture of their scorecard. They post that on our mobile app into their membership site, into their little you know, deal that they've got going on. And they, we, we create a handicap for them and they keep posting scores. He, you know, golfers at the end of the day have to be compliant. You only have yourself to answer to. You have to focus on that. And it's always good to pull out every single putt. That's what the game's all about. You can't be giving yourself putts that, you know, within the sort of the grip length of putter. I mean, pull out everything, you know, be legit and post those scores and earn your way into events, fully paid for events. There's nothing quite like that we've got going on. I mean, you have the Golf Channel tour, you know, that uh, basically, you know, it could cost you thousands of dollars to enter, you know, all the expenses that you have in that regard. This way, people have a challenge. Having challenges are good. And on top of that, we're going to offer all sorts of great value-added programs. So I don't know, but I would tell you this much. If your listeners are listening right now, they should go to the com and sign up. Because with all that we've got going on and the, the value pack that we give them, it's a slam dunk for them. And we're there for the full court press. We're 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 there for the ride. And it's going to be fantastic for many years
0: to come. Wayne, just a couple more before we let you go. First, I read a couple of years ago that you spoke at a prayer breakfast on the Tuesday of Master's Week at Warren Baptist Church over in Augusta. Talk about the role that your faith has in your life. Well, I think without faith, we have nothing.
3: Um, we have so much to contend with in our lives. I mean, we all, we all do. I mean, there's no perfect life. And we all have challenges and things that we have to contend with. So I can tell you that I, when they asked me to speak at the Warren Baptist Church, it was quite something, you know, 1,500 people. And uh, I had to think very carefully about what I was going to speak about. But it all came down to passion and speaking about what my father has meant to us as a family and to all the golfing world. And to think about how I, how I can help. What What can I do? At the end of the day, You know, Tiger Woods should bow his head every night and say, how can I become more like Gary Player? And that's what I said. And at the end of the talk, I held up an avocado. And I said, you know what, folks? If God had meant for us to eat a pizza, it would have grown on a tree. And he has an avocado that grows on a tree. So eat more avocados, have some wheatgrass juice, get past the thinking stage of working out and just do better. No, you haven't,
0: man. Wayne, before we let you go, let our listeners know how can they follow you and the great things that you're doing and remind them again about going online and signing up for the uh, for the Player Amateur Tour.
3: Well, it's all about the Player Amateur Tour and I'm totally committed to what I'm doing there. And so, you know, it's always, you know, the www.theplayertour.com log on. We're going to be uh, adding all sorts of new, exciting, uh, fantastic ideas and you know, value-added programs. And I've obviously got my own website in wayneplayer.com. But, uh, you know, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm a very lucky man and um, just excited to be, you know, at 55 doing what I'm doing and customizing events, taking people to the Masters and Kentucky Derby, etc., etc., and being part of the player amateur is just a wonderful opportunity, Chris. And I want to thank you for having me tonight on your show. I appreciate that very
0: much, Wayne. It's been a lot of fun having you here. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. Give us some updates on how things are going over at the player amateur tour and uh, the great things that you're doing. It has been an honor and a privilege to have you as part of the show tonight.
3: Thank you very much, Chris.
0: Take care. Take care, Wayne. All the best to you and your family. look forward to catching up with you again soon. Take care, man. That is Wayne Player. Again, it's theplayertour.com. And again, um not only is, you know, the handicap piece very cool and the way that the, it's set up and laid out, something that you're really going to want to check out. I mean, the swag that you get as part of, you know, the, their package as well is, is outstanding. A lot of really great things in there as well. And, uh, boy, I, you know, and we barely scratched the surface tonight uh, talking about, you know, the things that Wayne has done over the course of, you know, his life and, and the things that he had done. And just as a side note, folks, 17 years old. He made the cut at the 1979 Open Championship. That was the year Seve won his first Open. And, uh, you know, through two rounds, he actually led his father by a stroke. So, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that. Hopefully we get the, uh, the privilege of having Wayne back on the show again soon. Again, the theplayertour.com is where you can go and find out more information. Hi, right, folks. Uh, next, I'm going to play for you an interview that uh, I had the opportunity to do yet- yesterday with Jeff Morey. Jeff is the uh, golf, uh, director of golf at Conway Farms Golf Club, which was the site of last year's B&W Championships. So take a listen to uh, our conversation from yesterday. Okay, now joining me on the French Lick Resort Guest Line is Jeff Morey. Let me give you some background on Jeff. He was the men's golf coach at Northwestern from 1990 to 1997. He's taught top players that have gone on to attend Stanford, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Notre Dame, Purdue, South Carolina, Kansas, and, of course, Northwestern. He was named Big Ten Coach of the Year in 1994. His high school team won the state championship back in 1982. Golf Digest has ranked Jeff as one of the top instructors in the state of Illinois. He's been the director of golf up at Conway Farms in Lake Forest, Illinois, site of last year's b Championship since 1997, and I'm glad to have him with me here tonight on Next on the T. Hey, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show.
4: Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here.
0: So, Jeff, let's start with, take me back to your time at Northwestern. Talk about competing for a Big Ten title and then recruiting Luke Donald to play there.
4: Uh, yeah, no, it was a great time for me. I mean, it's, uh, it seems like eons ago now, but, uh, I've still stayed close to the program and close to Northwestern. So, uh, get to kind of live, uh, through the program now with my, uh, my good friend, Pat Goss, who's the coach there now. Pat was a player for me. And, um, unfortunately, you know, we didn't win a big 10 championship when I was there. We finished second a couple of times, but, uh, um, I'm glad to have been, you know, a part of watching them win a, a Big Ten championship a couple times since. And, um, you know, uh, Luke Donald was the last player that we recruited when I was the, the head coach. And um, although I didn't get a chance to, to stay and, and coach Luke, uh, Luke's been a member here at Conway, and I've got to, to see his game grow. And we were close friends and got a chance to watch him go to number one in the world. And all of that's been great.
0: And, and and to that point, Jeff, when you, when you look at Luke, he you know to your point, he's been a guy who's been sort of to the mountaintop, right? He's been ranked number one in the world and, and then struggled with his game for a while. But now it's, it seems to me like it's starting to show some glimmers of hope. But last year looked like he was making some improvements, making his way back. Have you spent some time working with Luke or talking with him about his game?
4: Yeah, no, we get to spend a lot of time together, a little more in the summer than we do in the winter. And as I say, I spend time with Pat, uh, you know, who still coaches Luke, uh, you know, on his game, uh, I spend time with him almost every day. So I get to, you know, kind of be a pretty intimate, um, you know, part of what he's doing. And, and yeah, I think his game is, you know, trending up, but I think it's a incredibly challenging, difficult, uh, you know, road back to the top. So I think, um, I think he's, you know, loving the challenge and, kind of all that goes into that, but at the same time, you know, enjoying some of the next parts of his life. He has three, you know, wonderful daughters and a a terrific wife, and, um, you know, I think he's, you know, getting some family time that uh, has been a lot of fun and rewarding for him as well. Excuse me.
0: So Jeff, let's let's talk a little bit about the golf course up there, Conway Farms. A nice Tom Fazio design. Some folks may remember Jim Furyk shooting a 59 there in the second round of the BMW Championship back in 2013. But talk about the golf course because it's not an easy layout.
4: Yeah, no, it's a it's a, you know if you ask most people, including myself, it's a very difficult, very challenging golf course. But you know the FedEx Cup events are set up for. I think for fun and shot making and making birdies and eagles. And, uh, so I think to some degree, you know, some of the scoring that we've seen over the years is, you know, what the tour would like to see. Great lead changes, um, terrific theater for golf. So it's been set up a little bit for that, but, uh, it also speaks volumes about just how good the players are now. And I think, you know, anybody who watched the playoff, uh, over the weekend and, Got to see, you know, how good Justin Thomas can be and uh, under the heat of battle. It, it definitely shows. And, um, you know, our golf course is, uh, you know, a great members golf course. And at the same time, we can host a PGA Tour event and uh, do it in a way, I think, that makes the players love coming here. So, you know, that's kind of the ultimate for, uh, you know, for our club and our membership.
0: And Jeff, when when Furyk shot that 59, what was it like being on the course that day? I got to imagine, you know, coming in the last few holes, it, it was all the buzz that you had Furyk out there and he might shoot 59. What was it like, you know, him coming in the last couple of holes, and then I'm sure being witness to it on the 18th.
4: Yeah, definitely. Well, he even he actually finished on number nine that day. He started on the back nine, and uh, the ninth green is very close to where our golf shop sits, and I was in our golf shop at the time, and uh it was a really windy breezy very difficult day the next best score was 65 and the average score that day was i think 70.3 so nobody really saw 59 coming and uh someone mentioned that he had a great chance to do that and i jumped out of the shop when he was on the 8th hole which is his 17th and watched the last two holes and it was um you know kind of a chance to kind of get to see history made and and even, you know, get to see history made on your own course is, uh, even more special. So it was, it was neat. And then to get to spend a few minutes with him afterwards and, you know, kind of see what that means to a player. I mean, he was, you know, still kind of shaking after the moment. And, uh, you know, so anybody who thinks, you know, regular season tour events don't matter to these guys, you could definitely tell that was a moment that was super special to him.
0: And, Jeff, talk about what it's like being a part of not only a PGA Tour event, but a PGA Tour playoff event, and then how you manage an event of that size.
4: Well, we've had the chance now to do it three times. So, um, you know, each time I think, uh, you know, you get a sense a little more of what's coming. And, um, you know, the the clubs that do these events, um, you know, Aronimink this year, Uh, medina will be doing it in 2019 we certainly hope you know to be doing it maybe in 2021 or 2023 and you start working to do these events years ahead of time you're you know selling corporate hospitality you're getting your club ready um, any renovations or adjustments you're making to the golf course you know you're doing that years ahead and um, it's a it's a really fun gratifying experience but you know, it is sort of like having an extra job for uh, a, a year or so. So, um, you know, it's uh, I, I very much hope we do it again in the future. But it's nice this summer, you know, to take a year off and watch somebody else do it, too.
0: <laughs> that's that. uh, Jeff, you guys have something called the Green Coat Club up there. Talk about what that is.
4: Yeah, that's a, like been our sort of center court, you know, uh, it's basketball season now kind of our center court seat, uh, you know, the court side seat that you see the, you know, all of the, uh, you know, Hollywood celebrities do at the Lakers game. That's sort of the green coat club. It um, it's a very high end ticket and we put everybody super close to the action. So you're, you know, six or eight feet from, you know, watching these guys hit their shot on 11 and 18 and 13 and, uh, you know, right up next to the action. But at the same time, um, you're, uh, you have very high-end catered food, um, a, you know, uh, air-conditioned hospitality structure that looks very much like you're going into a golf shop or a golf club. So um, I think for the, you know, for the hospitality buyer, it's been a, a ticket that kind of allows people to get super close to the action and have a really uh, high-end experience, too.
0: And Jeff, you guys have hosted some Big Ten championships there at Conway Farms. Talk about how different is it hosting, you know, you look at the at the BMW championship, a playoff event, versus holding a Big Ten college event. What's the difference between handling those two types of tournaments?
4: Well, you know, we've been lucky over the years. We've had the NCAA championship, the uh, 2006 Big Ten championship, we've had, the Western Golf Association's Western Amateur, which is sort of the masters of amateur golf, so uh, the U.S. Mid-Amateur, the U.S. Junior. We've had the highest level, I think, at kind of each level of golf. We've had the highest level in college golf, junior golf, amateur golf, and then now professional golf. And um, the uh, the Big Ten Championship, for instance, is – I think one of the most fun things to be a part of, you're right next to the action if you come out and see it. Um, from running the event, it's, uh, everything that you can do for these players feels very special and, um, above, you know, calling and, um, all the way them to when you're doing a PGA tour event, um, you know, it's it, it, players that are used to the very best and used to those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it's 40,000 of your closest friends coming out to watch. And, versus, uh, you know, maybe 400 people at the Big Ten Championships. So um, it's really, really fun. I think anybody who gets a chance to watch high-level college golf should come and do it. I mean, three years ago, Justin Thomas was uh, playing for Alabama in an environment just like what we had here, and um, you can get right next to him. And the next year, that player might be winning a PGA Tour event or a major championship.
0: And Jeff, talk about partnering with a company like BMW. How are, how are they involved in making sure an event like they're putting on and you guys are running is an absolutely great event?
4: Well, they're they're involved from beginning to end. And I think it's, you know, you get a sense of uh, their brand and how important getting their brand uh, awareness and, and doing everything at the level that BMW would want to do it if it was, you know, in in one of their dealerships. And they – they want to be involved in all of those because it's their brand that's on the title of everything that goes on. So, um, so they're meticulous about it. I think it's all very important. Um, as a club at Conway Farms, we feel the same way. The Western Golf Association feels the same way. So I think, you know, the partnership of the three really works well together that way. But I think, uh, you know, what I've learned over doing this for the last three times is, uh, it's no accident that BMW makes a great automobile because they put a lot of care into every part of their brand.
0: And Jeff, leading up to an event like that, do you guys do you have players reaching out to you for advice? You know, to, asking you hey Jeff, how do I how should I play this hole, or tell me about the conditions over here, or where do I want to place the shot on you
4: know this hole or that? Do they do they seek you out for advice? A little bit. I think the first year we hosted the event, um, the course was very new to every player. So I think um, guys were taking an opportunity, if they had one, passing through Chicago to, you know, come out before the event. Uh, You know, Daniel Berger spent quite a bit of time here before the event in 2015. Uh, Steve Stricker was here some before the event in 2013. You know, we had some other – a number of players last year that came out because of the hurricane that was going through Florida. So guys chose to come up um, because it was an off week, you know, five, six days early, spend some time, you know. uh, I spent a lot of time on the practice green with Will McGirt, you know, talking about, you know, how the greens roll, which holes were such. Um, But I think each year the players now know the course better and better and they know how they want to play it. Because for most of them now, you know, a lot of them it was the third time that they were here this year, not the first, and um so I think they had a better sense than I think from talking to each other about how they'd go about playing the course, those that maybe hadn't been here. So um probably more of that in 2013 than 2017 for sure.
0: Jeff, I want to switch gears a little bit and and I saw you guys are partnering with Tag Marshall to help improve the pace of play. Talk about what Tag Marshall is and how it's helping you guys uh, get your players through rounds quicker.
4: Yeah, Tag Marshall is, um, you know, quite honestly, like a lot of other people, I got a, an email that was blasted out to a few pros um, in early June, maybe late May of uh, of this past year 2017 and Um, started kind of reading about it. It was sort of intriguing. You know, I get a lot of that kind of stuff. And it was intriguing enough to make me want to look a little further. Uh, There were some clubs that were already utilizing it with some people that I knew, um, Aaron Hills being probably the most prominent and the closest. So I made a call to a couple of people up there, talked to them a little more about it, got on the phone with some of the guys from Tag Marshall, uh, and then learn more. And it sounded like a perfect fit for our club. We are a club that um, we don't use tee times. Um, we're pretty active. We're an all-walking club with just caddies every day. Um, we'll, you know, routinely during the summer do 150, 160 players in a day. We don't know exactly when they're coming, and we're doing it all with caddies. So um, this was a tool to be able to use you know, GPS in a way to be able to figure out where people were on the golf course, if we had issues with speed of play, you know, where they might be, plus even things that we didn't necessarily see at the beginning, uh, how, you know, green speeds and rough heights and things like that might affect speed of play as well. And um, as we started getting involved with it, we started implementing it here at the club, uh, our members started realizing that we were using a system that was a little different. So then when, when they would see our professional staff on the golf course, uh, rangering, marshalling play, they knew kind of right away that if people were coming up to them, that this wasn't an arbitrary thing. They, they had a reason to do that. And I think it, it really inspired, uh, you know, our members to, you know, to be more vigilant about their own play and their own groups. And we really didn't have a, a huge problem previously, but, um, It gave us more empirical data that we could use. And it's, uh you know, given us a way then now going forward to start to think about, you know, if we're going to take green speeds, you know, for like a PGA Tour level event to say 12 and a half on the stem meter for daily play, what that kind of thing might do to our average round time. And um so we do things now, I think, with more knowledge of what's coming rather than, you know, just speculation. It's It's been a great tool for us.
0: And do you share that data with the members? Because I got to imagine, Jeff, you know, especially because you guys are a private club that if you had to go up to, you know, one of the members and talk about their pace of play, it could get a little bit touchy. But do you show them the data around it? You talk about the marshals and the, and the staff being out there; they, they get a sense for why those guys might be mentioning something to them. But do you show them, like you know, hey, based on what we're seeing here, your round is going to take you X, or here's here's some historical data for when you've played and some, you know, how how long the rounds are taking when you're out there? Do you share that with them?
4: We do, and I'd say uh, more particularly the the, the former that will share with people when we go out there that because um, nobody feels like they're the ones that slow and uh it's always somebody else or i'm not holding anybody up and that may well be the truth like but you can sort of see by what tag marshall does that who the real you know the group is that sort of the cause of all this and then how it filters backwards and it causes everybody to sort of slow down um and then indirectly that's causing a problem and i think that that's been a, a huge uh, resource for people. And then I think when we have our board meetings and, um, you know, executive kind of committee talk, uh, there are those few people who kind of consistently are the common point in each group and, you know, kind of bringing that knowledge to the forefront um, to allow our board to make decisions, you know, to either, you know, send someone a letter or make a phone call to someone and say, you know, the, We've noticed that, you know, the last five times out, you know, in five different groups, this has been, you know, that you've been consistent in what this is. And and for the most part, I mean, we just want to give people a heads up so they're more aware and they can, you know, do more to be vigilant themselves about how they, you know, marshal their own play.
0: And Jeff, talking, you know, staying in, I guess, the, the new technology realm, I saw a tweet you put out about uh, you thinking this is going to be a giant year for TaylorMade with their new Twist Face technology, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that you talk about data. You look at how well some of the players have been playing and winning golf tournaments using the new TaylorMade driver. Are you playing the new TaylorMade uh, Twist Face?
4: I am. I'm playing the M3, and, um, you know, this time of year, my golf is a little bit more limited, but it's been outstanding for me. I think you don't have to look much farther than Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's, there's dozens of reasons why he's come back, you know, probably most, mostly the health of his back and his knee and so on. But, um, I think the fact that he switched to Taylor May golf equipment and the, and the, uh, the M3 driver most particularly is, you know, speaks volume about why last week he was number two in driving distance and, um, you know, from a guy that, that wasn't even in that stat at all. You know, even five years ago, when he was consistently on tours, so uh yeah, I think it's going to be a a great club at the club level. It's already you know changing things on the tour in a big way, and I think uh that along with you know the the new irons that Taylor has, some of the um you know the high toe wedge and some of the other things that they have coming out on the marketplace, I think it's going to be a great year for the company.
0: So, Jeff, uh, before we let you go, talk about uh, some of the events you guys have coming up either this spring or this summer.
4: Well, this year I'm happy to say it's just a club event year, which we haven't had one for a long time. Uh, you know, as I say, we we had the Western Am in '09, We had uh, you know, we had the U.S. Mid-Am in 12. uh Then we had BMW Championships in 2013, 2015, 2017. Uh, we did a course renovation we're closed for most of 2014 regrassing green so um so we haven't had a lot of regular golf years and uh this will be a year for our members i think it'll be a great year for them to come out and uh you know play their golf course and play it kind of from beginning to end of the year hopefully with great weather and great conditions and um, you know, not to really have to step aside for any big events, which, you know, our members are great about. They love these big events, but, um, but it'll be a fun year for them, a fun year, I think, for our staff to, uh, you know, kind of put our best foot forward. But, but we'll have a big, a really big and busy year. We have a number of, you know, Monday corporate and charitable events. And, uh, as I say, a lot of stuff with our regular member play. So should be fun. And we hope, uh, you know, we hope to see the BMW back maybe in, either 2021 or 2023 and uh you know looking forward to doing that again and uh in the future jeff how
0: can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing as as a teacher and a coach and then uh, stay available for what's going on at the golf course as well either online or over social media
4: well i'm you know i'm uh, i don't tweet a lot but i am a little bit more and i'm uh you know uh on twitter as a you know cf pro and Uh, our club they can follow conway farms golf club uh um our uh, you know our membership people robin martin uh, who runs that our membership secretary she's great at kind of talking about what's happening at conway and uh being very current there and then we also have a a twitter handle at um, conway farms golf shop and it's a great way to see some of the new stuff we're doing here in the golf shop and uh new trends in the industry so uh so i hope people will uh We'll follow along.
0: Absolutely. Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to be a part of the show. It was great having you. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime, share more of your stories and insights with us. Uh, You've been fantastic.
4: My pleasure, Chris. I hope to do that again. Maybe uh, when we have the BMW here next time, we can plan to do that.
0: Jeff, take care. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again soon.
4: Likewise. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jeff. That was my conversation yesterday with Jeff Morey. He's, again, a former golf coach at Northwestern and current uh, director of golf at Conway Farms Golf Club, which was, again, the site of last year's BMW Championship. All right, folks, before we close up shop, we always like to close out the show with a reminder from our friend and uh, PGA Tour pro Jim Estes and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a reminder about Jim about the great things that they are doing.
5: The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country.
0: Yeah, folks, are doing some amazing things there at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks again to my long-lost cousin, John Mascari, Wayne Player, and Jeff Morey for joining me tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback there. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it on the show for you. You can go online to our site, nextonthet.net, see our guest schedule right there. And if you've got a question, you'd like me to get on the air when one of our guests joins, please let me know right there on Facebook. Give us a comment. We'll get it on the air for you. Or if you've got a question for some of our guests that have been on the show previously, let me know. I'll be glad to get that question over to them and uh, get the answer back to you. Plus, also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, our announcer, Joe Lodge, LaGianusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time over on Blog Talk Radio. And that show, like this one, is also available as a free podcast over on iHeartRadio and Podbean as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share their stories from their playing days, plus their insights into what's going on around the NFL now. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our spotlight on the positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com, and again, this show next on the net. Folks, thanks for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We know you've got a ton of shows and podcasts you have an opportunity to listen to. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the Tee one of them. Until next week, hit 'em straight, my friends.
5: You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday To hear more stories about the game we love From people who love sharing those stories with you It's all about the great game of golf It's all about the great game of golf